Today we're going to conclude our series called Keep It Simple. Say, keep it simple. Yeah, see, life in America has become very, very complicated and very stress-filled. I believe that we are living lives that God never intended for us to live. Daily, we're bombarded with ads that tell us that in order to be somebody, and in America, we want to be somebody. And these ads are telling us to, in order to be somebody, in order to be successful, oh, if we're going to be happy, then we're going to have to fill our lives with possessions, positions, and plenty of exotic experiences. Oh, the bar has been set so high that most Americans today have mortgaged their lives in order to pay for it. I believe it's time to stop the madness. Turn to your neighbors. They stop the madness. Listen to me this morning. True happiness and satisfaction and fulfillment does not come through places and positions and possessions. Listen, these things in and of themselves will never, ever satisfy. In fact, the Bible says that the human eye is never satisfied. When it comes to things, man will fight in a tug of more. I believe that the happy life is the simple life. True happiness is not complicated. We've made it to be that way, but it's really not. I believe, say he believes. believes. (laughs) Yeah, I believe that true happiness and contentment and satisfaction in life can be narrowed down to three things. And in this order, our faith our family, and our friends. See, relationships are what life is really all about. Beginning with, and most important of all, our relationship with God. You see, the truth of the matter is, if you don't get your vertical uh, relationship right, you will struggle with every horizontal relationship. Jesus said... The two greatest commandments are that you're going to love the the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all your soul, and with all of your strength. And the second greatest commandment Jesus said is that we are to love our neighbor as ourselves. So I believe that it is through our relationships and not our resources that we can find purpose for our life. And only as we live a life of purpose do we discover true fulfillment. Well, so far in this series, we've talked about our faith. We've talked about our family. Today, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about our friends. Now, when I say friends, I'm not talking about acquaintances. I'm talking about those people in our lives who, who are more like family than friends. In, in fact, in my family, we call these people family, family. And they are few and they are far between. In fact, in fact, I looked this up and the average American has many acquaintances, but few somewhere between two and five close friends. Fact of the matter is for men, it is said for men that there are many men that live their entire life and never have even one really true friend. How sad is that? Yeah, it can be said that many Americans are friendly, but friendless. 
Four thoughts I want to give you this morning about friendship today. And the first one is true friends are desired. True friends are desired. In Genesis chapter 2, verses, uh, verse number 18, it says, And God said, It's not good for man that, that he would be alone. See, God had made the first man, but alone he was incomplete. And so then God made woman. Now, I understand this is speaking about the first marriage, but it is also speaking of the first relationship and the first friendship. How many know it's a good idea to be friends with your mate? Amen. See, see God made the second human for companionship. Humans need companionship. Marriage, absolutely, but not only do we need a husband or a wife, not only do we need marriage, but, but we, also need, we also need friendship. Man is born with a desire for friendship. Someone who can understand you. If you read uh, uh, a story of creation, you'll see that before God made woman, he first paraded every animal and every bird before Adam to see to see if Adam would make a connection with a, with a bird or with an animal. But no animal, no bird were quite like him. And so the Bible says that God put Adam to sleep. And, and while Adam was asleep, God took out one of Adam's ribs. And, and out of the rib of man, God created woman. Yeah, hallelujah. And that's exactly what happened when Adam awoke and he saw Eve. He beat on his chest and he said, hey, hey, hey. God did a whole lot better the second time than he did the first time. And all of the men said, amen, amen. amen. Adam saw Eve, and when he saw Eve, he, he said, she is, she is bone of my bones and she is flesh of my flesh. She is like me. She is like me. So because she is like me, she can understand me. See, all of us desire someone in our life who is, who is like us. Someone similar to us because they can understand us. Now, not all, but most, most of my closest friends are, are pastors. Why? Because they understand. They understand. You may think you understand. And I've even had, you know, pastor's kids, you know, uh, tell me, you know, I'm a preacher's kid, so I understand. Well, I was a preacher's kid too, but I didn't understand as a preacher's kid like I understand as a pastor. Everyone needs someone in their life that understands. But not only do you need someone who can understand you, but also someone who can, who can uphold you. We all need help from, from time to time. We all need somebody to support us. We always need someone to stand beside us. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter number 4 and verse number 9, it says two are better than one. Why? Because they have a good reward for their labor. If they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. And though one may be overpowered by another... Two can withstand him, and a threefold cord 
is not easily broken. Second thing I want to say about friendship is, and that is true friends should be deliberately chosen. Deliberately chosen. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 24 and 25 says, don't be, don't be friends with angry people. Don't associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and you will endanger your soul. And Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse number 33, he says, bad company will corrupt good character. See, we become like the people we consistently hang out with. Let me say this this morning, be friendly to all, but devoted to a few. Friendly to all, friendly to everybody, but devoted to a few. Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find one who is truly reliable? Wow, how sad, how sad. Be friendly to all, but devoted to a few. Focus on like-minded friends. Proverbs 22 and 25 says we become like the people we spend the most time with. So I'm going to ask you this morning, let me ask you this. Who do you want to be like? Who do you want to be like? And what attributes do you want in your life? Seek out people that fit this criteria and make friends with them. On the other hand, who do you not want to be like? Who do you not want? Man, if I'm going to be, no, I don't want to be like. Who do you not want to be like? What attributes do you not want in your life? Stay away from people who display these attributes because if you don't, their attributes will become your attributes. Seek out people with similar interests and similar Values, Because you see, you see, we only have so much time to invest. So, so don't waste time trying to develop a relationship, a friendship with somebody without these two things because the relationship will fall apart at some point in the future and you've wasted all this time. Focus on making like-minded friends. Third thing I want to say about friendship today is this, and that is true friends are developed True friends are developed. See, any relationship that grows beyond acquaintance will have to be developed. It's not going to happen automatically. It's not going to happen magically. It's not going to happen overnight. It's going to have to be developed. It will take time and personal experiences. In fact, time Time will reveal true friendships. See, true friendship stands the test of time. When they move off or you move off, you are still friends. You may not see them every day like you did before, but you still see them. You still talk to them on the phone. You still, you still make time for them throughout, throughout the year. True friendship stands the test of time. Think, th- think about Job's friends. Think about Job's friends. They were, they were fair weather friends. Uh, as long as Job was prospering, as long as he was the richest man in the east, the Bible said he was, as long as Job was prospering, they were right there to share in the prosperity. 
But when time brought with it severe adversity, and it will for all of us, and when time brought with it severe adversity, his three friends bailed on him. Not so with a friendship between two men named David and Jonathan. Perhaps, perhaps the greatest story in all the Bible about friendship. You know the story, David, after he killed Goliath with the with the slingshot and the stone, David, David began. He began as a hero in the eyes of Jonathan's father, King Saul. And he was. Man, he was, he was the all in all to Saul. But when, his, but when Jonathan's father, King Saul, he, he became jealous of David because the people started looking to David. Before David, it was all about Saul, but after David came on the scene, and now all about, all about David, and Saul gets jealous and, and angry and bitter. And David became a fugitive and had to run for his life when Saul sought to kill him. But the friendship between Jonathan and David, even though Jonathan was the son of the king, yet his allegiance to David, his friend, never waned. He was always there for his friend. This friendship remained intact. In fact, not only did it remain intact, it grew in loyalty and it grew in intensity. It stood the test of time. Time will reveal to you your true friendship. Let me ask you this this morning. Have you ever been disappointed in a friendship? One that went south on you? Ever had a friendship go south? Of course you have, me too. I'll never forget, it's been many years ago now, my earlier ministry. I became very friends, or at least I thought I was very close friends to this pastor. We spent a lot of time together. We, we, uh, uh, we hang out, hung out in each other's office. We, we, we talked about the word. We talked about church. We, 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 we played golf together. We, uh, we actually went on uh, uh, ministry trips together. We went to ministers' conventions together. Uh, uh, you know, uh, we, we pastored in the same town at one point. And, and, and when weather, we had to shut the services down because the weather was so bad, we would sneak out and go to each other's house. Houses and, and play games together all day and 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 you know I mean we I I I, I thought we were I thought we were close friends and, and and I think and I think we were until one day one day he he became distant he became cold he became elusive he became standoffish to me wouldn't even wouldn't even take my call. I didn't know what in the world had happened. I didn't know what in the world have I, what in the world have I done? And so I, I went and I knocked on his door. And he opened the door and he let me in. And I called him my name and I said, "What's, what's, what's, what's going on, man? What's going on? I, I sense there's a problem. I sense something has happened. And, 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 and what's, what's, what has happened?" He said, "Well." <laughs> You got a big church now. You ain't interested in me and my little church. I'd just been elected to a church that was three times larger than either my church or his church. He said, yeah, you got a big church now. You ain't, 
You ain't got time for us little peons. I said, who's pulling back? Who's quit calling? It ain't me. I'm calling you. Who knocked on your door? See, it was all okay as long as he thought we were equals, but all of a sudden in his eyes, I was at a different level than, than he was. Ever had a friendship go south on you? Hurts, doesn't it? True friends are developed, and, and, and time, time will reveal who your true friends are and who are not your true friends. And know this this morning about friendship. Troubles and triumphs are both needed in the process. Romans 12, verse 15, Paul writes, he says, Rejoice with those that are rejoicing. And he says, Weep with those who are, are weeping. True friendships are developed as we walk through the ups and the downs of life together. Let me tell you this this morning. If you want to know who your true friends are, if you want to know who your true friends are, look around you. Look around you during during your highest highs and your lowest lows. Look around you. Who's who's there? Who's there to weep with you? Who's there to cry with you? Who's there to offer a shoulder for you? Uh, Oh, oh, who's rejoicing with you? Because true friends are happy for you and they're not jealous when you get a promotion. They're not jealous when you get a windfall, but instead they rejoice with you. Oh, they offer a shoulder to cry on and help you carry the load when life hits you with a low blow. You want to know who your true friends are? Look around in your highest highs and your lowest lows. See who's there. They're your friends. 1 Corinthians chapter 13 describes the kind of love that can be found in true friendships. Verse 4 through 7 says, true love is patient and kind. It's not jealous, it's not proud, it's not rude. It does not demand its own way. It keeps no record of being wrong. It never gives up, it never loses faith. It always is hopeful and, and endures through every circumstance. Friend, these are the ingredients that true friendships are made of. No wonder. No wonder true, deep, lasting friendships are so, so rare. But let me remind you this morning, let me remind you, in order to have a friend like this, you must be a friend like this. Proverbs 18 and 24 said, he who has friends must himself be friendly. Friendship is a two-way Street. Let's look at the fourth and the final thing that I want to say today. We're talking about, we're talking about friendship today. Number four, true friends are dependable. They're dependable. See, to be a true friend, you must be the same today as you were yesterday. You have to be the same tomorrow as you are today. How many of you have ever met someone who wasn't? I have. I had a man in my life several years ago who wanted a close relationship. He wanted to be my friend. He wanted to have a close friendship. Only problem was I never knew how he was going to treat me. Because one day I, I, I could show up or he could show up and, and he would treat me with the, with the utmost respect. 
In fact, I don't know if I've ever had a man in my life that has ever spoken any more positive things about me than this man. But when I would see him, I, I, I didn't know if, you know, because, because one day he would show me the most utmost respect, but, but the very next day he would treat me like a jerk. I never knew what to expect. I never knew which guy was going to show up. Would it be Dr. Jekyll or would it be Mr. Hyde? True friendship requires dependability. Let me give you three attributes of a true friend this morning. Number one, true friends have your back. They have your back. Proverbs 17 and 17 says a friend, a true friend is always loyal. Say always. A true friend is always loyal. See, see, you can trust a true friend. You don't have to worry about what they're saying about you to others. They're not saying one thing to your face and another thing behind your back. And when they're in a crowd and your name comes up and things are said about you that are either unfair or or untrue, you can count on them. You can count on them to speak up for you and set the record straight. True friends have your back. Number two, true friends believe the best about you. They believe the best about you. Proverbs 14 and 15 says, only the simple believe everything they're told. I've told you this before, but it fits right here, so I want to say it again. Several years ago, someone said to me, said, your wife said thus and so. I said, no, she didn't. They said, yeah, pastor, your, your wife said, and then they said what my wife said. I said, no, she didn't. They said, Pastor, this is what your wife, I said, no, she didn't. They said, Pastor, you weren't there. How do you know? She didn't say it. You weren't there. I said, because I know my wife. I don't have to be there to tell you that no, my wife did not say this because this is something that my wife would never say. No, she did not say that. When I got home, I said to her, honey, so-and-so said you said thus and so. I know you, and I know you didn't say that, right? She said, of course not. Of course not. She said, I would never say that. True friends believe the best about you. When they hear something about you, they weigh the information against what they know about you. And they'll just listen and take it at face value. Well, that don't sound like my pastor. Well, that don't sound like my wife. Well, if it don't sound like them, it's probably not what they said. And yet we will listen, and then we'll tell somebody else what we've heard and what somebody said. No. No, a true friend will weigh the information against what they know about you, and also they will consider the source. Many years ago, I was told something negative and life-changing about one of my, my good friends in West Texas years ago. I refused to believe it. I said, no, ain't no way this is true. I don't believe it. I stood up for my friend. No way. I called him to tell him about the rumor that was going around about him and how I did not believe it. And I told those people that too. And believe it. His voice dropped, and he said to me, Mike, it's true. 
I refused to believe it until my friend confirmed it. True friends believe the best about you. One last thing, and that is true friends will go into battle with you. They'll go into battle. In the book of Exodus chapter 17, the army of Israel is doing battle with the Amalekites. Moses, Israel's leader, climbs to the top of a mountain and extends his rod toward the battle. And as long as Moses extends his rod in the direction of the battle, the Israelites prevail. But in time, his hands grow weary and he cannot hold up the rod any longer. And as soon as his hands hang down, the tide turns and the Amalekites immediately begin to prevail. The good news is Moses didn't climb the mountain alone. He took with him two friends, Aaron and Hur. Now, Hur is a hymn. He didn't climb the mountain alone. He took two friends with him, Aaron and Hur. And Aaron and Hur quickly saw what was happening. And so they set Moses down on a large rock. And Aaron got on one side of Moses and Hur got on the other side of Moses. And they held up his hands. And as soon as his hands were raised again and and the rod was extended toward the battle again, then the Israelites prevailed. I'm telling you that true friends will go into battle with you. Oh, true friends will climb the mountain with you. You don't have to climb the mountain alone if you've got a friend to climb the mountain with you. True friends will support you. They will hold up your weary hands because because true friends are dependable. They're dependable. They will be there with you and they'll be there for you when the battle is on. And I'm going to tell you that every one of us will fight a battle in our life. I I don't know when it's coming. I don't know what the battle is going to be like. But I am telling you that a battle, every one of us will have to fight a battle in our life. But oh, listen, listen, it's so much better. Oh, yes, we have the Lord with us. And I'm not discounting that. You ought to already know that. Oh, thank God that he's with us. But oh, not only is he one way that he is with us is when he puts other people in our lives. So much better to go into the battle when you've got the support of true friends. I love our takeaway for today, and the takeaway for today is this. True friends walk in when everyone else is walking out. True friends walk in when everybody else is walking out. Our series is called Keep It Simple. Keep It Simple. American American life has become too complicated. It's become too stressful, too demanding. And hear me, don't read into stuff that I haven't, what I haven't said. I'm not saying that, that, that we shouldn't have goals and we shouldn't have dreams. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't, you know, uh, go for uh, some things in our, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying that's not the all in all. And that's not what's going to bring about the greatest contentment and peace and satisfaction in our life. Like the one fellow that was, Climbing up the ladder of success. And he struggled his whole life to get to the top of the ladder of success. And when he got to the ladder, the top of the ladder of success, he discovered it was leaning against the wrong wall. And that's where most people are today. What they're struggling and striving for, the ladder they're trying to climb is leaning up against the wrong wall. If you want true success, if you want true happiness, contentment, peace of mind, not saying life will be perfect, 
and it'll be 100% everything that you want it to. I'm not saying that, but I'm telling you the greatest amount of peace and joy and satisfaction and contentment in life will come through three things and in this order, our faith, our family, and our friends. How are you doing in these three areas? Father, thank you, Father. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you. Thank you. God, I thank you, Lord, that you've placed friends in my life, Father, down, down through the years. But most of my best friends, God, especially my best friends in ministry, I've, man, I've had them 35, 40, 45 years. That's how I know they're my true friends. They've been there, and I've been there for them. Thinking about one friend that I've had for for 30 years that, man, remembering some things that he went through in his life, and he will tell anyone, Mike was there for me. He was there. And then a few years later, a difficult time in my life, this man was there. He was there. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. 